Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. I love Christmas time and I love just the way people get together like we're getting together right now and I love that it's a time when we give gifts and you come together and, you know, there's this like build up to the gift moment. There's this build up. There's like this thinking about it and making sure that there's gifts underneath the tree. But the beautiful part about Christmas is we're celebrating the very best gift that was ever given of all time for all of eternity, which is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth that we celebrate called Christmas. And I think about that gift and I think about the potency of that gift and how that gift has been celebrated by billions and billions and billions of people ever since. And Christmas is so special. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in here tonight and you're like, man, these people talk about Jesus a lot. There's a lot of focus about Jesus. Just stay with me. It'll all make sense by the end. But you're in a good place to hear about Jesus But we hear about this gift in Matthew chapter 2. It's actually pretty amazing because there's three people that we know as the three wise men that come to honour this gift, that come to celebrate this gift. And it's in Matthew 2 and verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And we know this passage of scripture because it's part of Christmas. It's part of the stories that get told. It's, it's part of, you know, the, even around the Christmas trees, the nativity sets, the wise men. It's like, yeah, I know this story. But when you look at this, these two verses of scripture, it says that wise men came from the east. It just, it means so much more than that. When it says that wise men came from the east, it's actually a pretty big deal. Three wise men and they were honored men. They were basically the wealthy intelligentsia of the day. They traveled from Persia. Some scholars believe it would have taken them over a year I've also read other things that said that would have taken a significant portion of their own lives just to make this journey. So when it says that they came from the east, it's sort of like they didn't just drop in. It's a big deal. It's a big journey. And they would have had an absolutely massive entourage. They would have had a caravan full of multiple people, lots of resource. And it's a big journey. would have taken a long, long time. And it says that they came from the east to Jerusalem. And they came to Jerusalem, which is a busy place. It would have been a bustling place, lots of people, lots of movement and lots of things happening. They would have spent several weeks asking questions, seeking out, looking for, looking for answers. And we know because we have scripture that tells us that they, they gathered up the, the scribes and the Bible scholars said, well, if you're looking for the Messiah, then you need to go to Bethlehem. But I like to put myself into Bible stories. And just think about, I wonder what it would have been like being in Jerusalem when these guys showed up. It would have been really interesting. Like I put myself in, you know, even on the streets, just thinking about this big entourage moving through town, seeking out this person. 
would have seen them coming. The streets would have been abuzz with chatter and people would have been talking about it. So I put myself in the story. I was like, what if I was like a retail assistant in Jerusalem at the time, you know, like working at the H&M in Jerusalem? Maybe at the front of the store, opening up, getting things ready and just seeing this entourage coming through. It would have been, it would have stood out. You would have noticed people would have been talking about it. That these guys from Persia, these really, really well-known, well-established people, wealthy people were coming through, asking questions, seeking out. I put myself in there. And I know because I know what I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to help myself. I would have had to have gone out and just asked the question, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? I just, the curiosity would have, would have got me. It just would have been too hard. I would have asked them, what are you looking for? But the better question to ask would have been, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Or what is it that you're seeking? And really tonight, my message is basically two questions. The first is, what are you looking for? Because these two questions that I could have asked these wise men all the way back then, I think are questions that we can still ask today. What are you looking for? And there are a lot of people walking through life. You might be walking through life asking questions like what your purpose is. You're searching out uh, what you're supposed to do with your life. Maybe you're in here tonight and there's really not a lot of hope in your life. And I pray this is a hope-filled night for you. But there are a lot of people that are walking through life and they're wondering that they're looking for something. There are a lot of people that are looking for something and people look towards things and material things and to to the what's in life to try to find the answers. But the real question is not what are you looking for? The real question is who are you looking for? Because the truth today is the same as it was all the way back then that every single person that draws breath on the planet and has drawn breath on the planet is looking for something. We're all searching for something in this life. I can still remember a time at 19 years of age, man, I was asking existential questions. What was my purpose? I've been through some devastation and some loss and I was asking the big questions. I was looking for something. I was looking for things. I was looking for answers. I was looking for a person. King David said it this way in Psalm 62 in verse 5. He gives us the answer. He says, it's not a what, it's actually a who. He says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from Him. But it gets better. He says, He is my only rock. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress and I shall not be shaken. I just wanna ask you tonight, because I might not get another chance, but I just wanted to ask you, what are you looking for? Or maybe the better question is, who are you looking for? Who are you hoping in? Who are you looking to for the answers? Who are you looking at and saying, you're the one that can satisfy my soul. You're the one that can give me what I truly need. Every single person, I've heard it said this way, and it's so true, has a God-sized hole in their soul that only the Lord can fill. What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? 
So I would have asked that question. I said, what are you looking for? And the second question I would have asked is this one. What will you do when you find him? What will you you do when you see him? I could just imagine myself on the street seeing it happen and going up to them and saying, what are you doing here? What are you looking for? What are you after? And then hearing the story about the Messiah, hearing the story about the star, hearing the story about the journey and how much of a big deal this is. And it would have led me to a place of saying, okay, so when you get there, what will you do? After all this, after the whole deal, after everything, and the cool thing is in Matthew, it tells us what they do. It's in verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, this is after they were told it was Bethlehem from Micah 5. Look at what it says. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, look at these words. They saw the child. They saw Jesus with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you find who your soul has been looking for your whole life, what will you do when you see him? Because what they did is the key to what we all get to do. What they did is the key to, I believe, the life with Jesus, the walk with Jesus. Once you get a sight of Jesus, once you get a revelation of grace, when you get an understanding of who Jesus is to you, it completely changes everything and you can do nothing but fall down and worship Him. It just takes one sight. It just takes one glimpse. It just takes one moment. If you find who your soul has been looking for your whole life, what will you do? How will you respond? And it says that then they opened up their treasuries and they offered gifts to him. They offered gold and the gold represents his majesty because he was a king. They brought gold to him. That represents he was a king. He was majesty. He was majesty. And it says they, they, they offered frankincense and that represents his divinity. The fact that he was not from this world, that he'd come from heaven, it represents his divinity. And then it says that they offered myrrh or myrrh. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. But they brought myrrh, this spice. And the interesting thing about that is that that was actually really significant because throughout Jesus' life, he obviously lived his life and he went to the cross and he was crucified. But the myrrh, we read in John chapter 19, after he was crucified, Joseph wrapped up his body, Nicodemus came and Nicodemus brought spice, he brought myrrh because it was the custom for Jewish burial to use myrrh when you wrapped up and you prepared for burial. And isn't it incredible that on this night they brought that gift which, which was symbolic that pointed to his purpose in life, that pointed to what he would do for you and for me, that his gift was actually the real gift. His gift was his life, but then his gift was his death. And it was not just that gift, it was also the resurrection. And through the resurrection, now we can inherit eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so myrrh represents what he would ultimately do for you and for me 
he would give up his life. What will you do when you see him? How will you respond? How will you go about your life once you see Jesus? Will you offer gifts? And some of the gifts we can offer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, a simple gift is simply this. It's the gift of opening up the treasury of our heart and offering the most important part of who we are, the most valuable part of who we are, how we, the, the, the very inmost part of who we are, we give that to Him and we spend the rest of our days worshiping Him. Spending the rest of our days living and loving and serving King Jesus, that's how we respond. So I just want to ask you again, who are you looking for? And what will you, what will you do when you see him? And you might be in here tonight and you probably, maybe you've never heard a message like this. And you're like, I just thought I was coming to sing carols. <laughs> well, you are. But I believe that God has a greater purpose. Because the thing is, your life's not a mistake. Your life isn't random. Your life isn't this thing that just happened. And then it's over. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has something specific for you to do. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything about you. And here's the beautiful part is He actually wants to be in relationship with you. So I just would love to ask you again, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? What will you do when you see Him? I'd love to just take a moment. We do this every week in our church and it would be remiss of me not to do this tonight. But I'd love to just take a moment and ask you a personal question. And the question is this, do you know Jesus? I'm not talking about knowing of Jesus, the historical Jesus, the Jesus that, that did come to earth. I'm not talking about knowing of Him. I'm talking about knowing Him personally. Do you know Him? Has there ever been a time in your life where you know that you know, you made a conscious choice to make Jesus Lord, where you said yes to Him? And by saying yes to Him, you say no to yourself. Have you ever had that time? Have you ever had that moment? Because I'd like to lead you in a prayer. I'd love the honour and the privilege on Christmas Eve 2021 to lead you in a prayer of saying yes to Jesus. So with every head bowed, just for privacy, every eye closed, people considering where they stand spiritually. Friend, have you ever said yes to Jesus? It wasn't until I was 19 years of age did I walk into a kind of a place like this and learn for the very first time you can have a personal relationship with God? And then there was a moment where they made a call, they made an invitation to pray a prayer. But before they did, they just asked for people to raise their hands and I raised my hand. I've never been the same. So I'm gonna to count to three. But if that's you tonight, either you've never made that choice before and you want to, or maybe once you did make that choice, but if you're honest with yourself, you're disconnected from God, you're far from God. When I count to three, I just need you to lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. Just so I know who I'm praying for. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, come down the front or anything like that. I just need to know who I'm praying for. So I'm gonna count to three. If that's you, when I get to three, you just lift up your hand. Believing in faith tonight, this Christmas Eve, people are gonna respond to Jesus. Here we go. One, God loves you, friend. He loves you so much. Two, 
The Bible says that now is the appointed time of salvation, the favorable time. I don't believe that you're here on accident. I believe that God has orchestrated events and has set about a plan for you to be here tonight, for you to hear this message and for you to respond to Him. Three, if that's you, just shoot up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. Well, no one's looking around. Come on, you just shoot up your hand nice and high just so I know I'm praying for. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're saying, yeah, pastor, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I want to make a choice for Jesus tonight. I want to leave this place knowing that I know I'm in right relationship with Him. Is there anyone else would say yes to Jesus tonight? Amazing. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray this prayer together. We do this every week in our church. It's really special, but... Come on, we're all gonna pray this prayer together right now. Say, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me and you rose again so that I could have life. Forgive me of my sins, of all the things I've done wrong. I make a choice tonight to follow you, Jesus, to be a child of God for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.